0: Welcome to Weaving Wild!
1: Welcome back to Weaving Wild, Season 2 and Episode 13. I know, amazing. Uh, today we are talking about an incredible book that we've both been reading called Wintering by Catherine May.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just life and all the reflections It's blown both of our minds, hasn't it Charlotte? So Absolutely we felt like we needed open. to just share it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> But I think, rather than us waffling to start with, which we'll do plenty of, I'm just going to read a bit of her introduction on wintering so that everyone can kind of get what she means. Yes, please. So everybody winters at one time or another, some winter over and over again. Wintering is a season in the cold. It is a fallow period in life where you're cut off from the world, feeling rejected, sidelined, blocked from progress, or cast into the role of an outsider. Perhaps it results from an illness... Perhaps from a life event, such as a bereavement or the birth of a child. Perhaps it comes from humiliation or failure. Perhaps you're in a period of transition and have temporarily fallen between two worlds. Some winterings creep upon us more slowly, accompanying the protracted death of a relationship, the gradual ratcheting up of caring responsibilities as our parents age, the drip, drip, drip of lost confidence. Some are appallingly sudden, like discovering one day that your skills are considered obsolete. The company you worked for has gone bankrupt or your partner is in love with someone new. However it arrives, wintering is usually involuntary, lonely and deeply painful. Yet it's also inevitable. We like to imagine that it's possible for life to be one eternal summer and that we have uniquely failed to achieve that for ourselves. We dream of an equatorial habitat forever close to the sun, an endless and varying high season, but life's not like that. Emotionally, we were prone to stifling summers and low, dark winters, to sudden drops in temperature, to light and shade. Even if, by some extraordinary stroke of self-control and good luck, we were able to keep control of our own health and happiness for an entire lifetime, we still couldn't avoid the winter. Our parents would age and die, our friends would undertake minor acts of betrayal, the machinations of the world would eventually weigh against us. Somewhere along the line, we would screw up. Winter would quietly roll in
0: oh my goodness I'm just going to if you don't mind Gemma just carry on that next paragraph because it really resonated with me yeah
1: uh, I know it's better stop (laughs) because it's so good We, we may we may just read the
0: whole book we may just read the whole book but literally this this next bit as well so concise and amazing she writes I learned to winter young as one of the many girls of my age whose autism went undiagnosed I spent a childhood permanently out in the cold 17 I was hit with about a depression so hard that it immobilized me for months and I was convinced that I would not survive it I was convinced that I didn't want to but somewhere there in the depths I found the seed of a will to live and its tenacity surprised me and more than that it made me strangely optimistic winter has blanked me blasted me wide open and I love that so much because it's 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 not just about a small dip in mood And then you just kind of carry on la-dee-da. These winterings are just absolute, like, descents and the abyss. Um, And she writes right at the end that she was apologetic for the way she was and starting to build a different kind of person um, and accepting herself that she had this big, stupid heart that made her endlessly seem to hurt. And I just think that really captures the depth that you can go in these wintering seasons. So much. (laughs) (laughs) um but both that wintering as an act but wintering through the winter season as well and I think it's incredible as you were going to say that we've both been in a
1: period of wintering these past couple of months haven't we we have I mean for similar and different reasons I think for me I mean the entire seasonal winter has also coincided with yeah losing a family member a lot of uncertainty around where we're going to be moving in the summer And just that constantly changing and shifting Um, a period of illness for me, which really wiped me out because Mm -hmm. when you're kind of the main parent and the one homeschooling, there's no let up, there's no sick days really. So being really sick and low on energy has really, really wiped me out. Um, And yeah, it just, it seems to continue and roll. And there's been, I wasn't going to say this, but I'm going to say it, Um, particularly because she mentions it as well, kind of, looking at um we're, we've been looking for a while into whether my daughter is neurodivergent or not and a lot has been coming up for me and unpacking myself and my ways of being um and it's just all it's all heavy it's a lot of stuff and a lot of layers and it never just seems to be one little thing at a time it all kind of comes and washes you and just wipes you out um and, well, and we're still in it very much
0: I guess that you just have articulated really the whole definition of wintering as she describes yeah. it too. <laughs> I think that was that for me it was never really one specific thing or anything particularly concise I could um you know pinpoint it was this or this or this but just that continuous heavy 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 getting heavier holding 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 until you just get to a point where you for me I suddenly realized I was in a winter um, rather than something traumatic sort of sending me there um so yeah like you say we've kind of been going through a similar process for quite different reasons um But again, for me as well, again, we won't particularly mention these sorts of things, but my daughter is diagnosed neurodivergent, and that ebbs and flows and goes through seasons for her, and it got quite a heavy season for her over the Christmas period, and obviously over the winter and things as well, and that again leads to so much unpacking in our personal lives, in our individuality, the way we work in our marriage, you know, it reflects so many things, and it just builds and builds until all of a sudden, I was like, oh... And you sent me this book and I was like this is me
1: (laughs) this is what's happening (laughs) yeah and I think there's something we've both said this before there's something incredible about whether it's your whole experience or a snippet of your experience but seeing it mirrored back to you Mm -hmm. and when you see it mirrored back to you in a way that both completely acknowledges and makes normal an experience that feels abnormal but is also done so beautifully poetically eloquently
0: it's an incredible it's it's an incredible book and I think it's come up just the right time and I think you and I especially share a lot of wisdom and things that we learn with each other and we grow together but we do often come back to the question of is it just us like is there just something (laughs) the matter is there just something wrong Where is the line between needing to go for extra support? Where is the line between depression and super sensitive, extra feeling, neurodivergence? You know, all those sorts of things is often something that we talk about, don't we? And this book came at a time very much to just say, oh my goodness, you know, the biggest takeaway I've got from it is that we people who think very deeply who can often feel quite lost and disconnected but also so aware and sensitive and in tune with the world that we're not alone that it's not abnormal that we don't need to just just as the first course of action run to get the you know a happy pill or whatever else and that depression is for many of us quite natural human cyclical ebbs and flows and that it, it, it in itself is just a real flow of energy a life force in itself that we actually just need deep rest and assimilation and to Re- relearn to listen in a world that just doesn't support that in any way anymore um it, yeah it's really normalized actually that these feelings and these depths aren't something necessarily to fear
1: or run immediately for something external to fix that yeah and it's that shift of perception isn't it? Mm-hmm. i think rather than being like oh this is the depths of something to be feared and to try and quickly get through and kind of the middle of winter to put the sparkly lights out mm-hmm. The sitting with it, but acknowledging that even when you're lost in the depths of the hardness, knowing that spring's going to come back round again, yeah. but also not wishing to be at spring already. Yeah. Um, I'm going to have to read another bit of hers, because every time I say it, I'm like, she says it better than we do, we do <laughs> She does we She does. I'm just going to <laughs> read a bit. Um, We're not raised to recognise wintering, or to acknowledge its inevitability. Instead, we tend to see it as a humiliation, something that should be hidden from view, lest we shock the world too greatly. We put on a brave public face and grieve privately. We pretend not to see each other's pain. We treat each wintering as an embarrassing anomaly that should be hidden or ignored. This means we've made a secret out of an entirely ordinary process, and have thereby given those who endure it a prior status, forcing them to drop out of everyday life in order to conceal their failure. Yet we do this at great cost. Wintering brings about some of the most profound and insightful moments of our human experience, and wisdom resides in those who have wintered. In our relentlessly busy contemporary world, we are forever trying to defer the onset of winter. We don't ever dare to feel its full bite. We don't dare to show the way that it ravages us. A sharp wintering sometimes would do us good. We must stop believing that these times of our life are somehow silly, a failure of nerve, a lack of willpower. We must stop trying to ignore them or dispose of them. They are real and they are asking something of us. We must learn to invite the winter in. Oh. <laughs> I have to admit, our books I, are just underlined and highlighted aren't
0: they yeah well you sent me this book didn't you Gemma we're already folded down I have then <laughs> written and underlined the entire book whilst crying quietly to myself as I read it with amazing sense of being heard and then you bought yourself another copy so that we
1: could I have and I'm just gonna be buying them for everybody.
0: <laughs> um it, it is just it like you say it just it puts words in articulates something that i think many 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 people have felt and and felt that they had to hide and that it was something totally abnormal and and i there's a little bit in here where she puts that when you start tuning into winter you realize that we live through a thousand winters in our lives some big and some small um and she goes on she she she, it's an amazing book because she does it through she writes about her experiences and things that she's doing um but those experiences are, are articulating what wintering does for all of us so it's got such a like um a specific thing she's talking about but also has a
1: massive general tone um it's a very easy read for a book that is so hard-hitting absolutely
0: and she uses points of her life to explain things and and there's a, a part where she's talking about her son and schooling and where she realizes that we we all listen very well but but oftentimes we just don't hear things properly and that's what wintering brings if you don't hear the message properly wintering will come and get you basically to make you listen (laughs) to make you listen and to make you hear to hear what it is that you need what it is that the world at large needs um and she goes to some amazing places where she actually goes to places doesn't she that live long winters to countries in the world that live long winters and speaks to the people there um to understand what actual survival and wintering means to us as humans and our connection to the world but also then what that means psychologically and how we grow that resilience into these wintering periods of life internally for
1: us yeah yeah and it's like the embracing of of those stages i think is the difference the preparing for it knowing that it's coming and i think that's the thing that really shifted for me because i think it's it's just our human tendency isn't it to to want the good things to want our kids to be just happy and bouncy and full of joy and yeah. to look forward to the summer and the enthusiasm and all the good bits but I like really seeing the value and sitting with the hard bits but also so i know for me kind of i'm on a bit of an up now um and we're mo- i'm moving slightly towards the spring mm-hmm. <laughs> um having really sat with the hard stuff and i'll say we, like, we didn't do a podcast the other week because i was just still really overwhelmed and we're trying really hard to honor this aren't we and say mm-hmm. well we're not going to push through it and be productive and do what we think is expected of us. We're going to try and really honour our needs when we're in these in the depths. Yeah. Uh, but I think as I'm starting to slowly shift back out to spring now, and things are falling into place, it is also knowing that that the happy place is temporary as well. That like that it's not just we get there and we're done. That it's this constant spiral that we talk about. And knowing that there will be more winters, there will be more depths, and trying to prepare and make ourselves more resilient and knowing that's coming. Mm -hmm. But in seeing the value of it, it feels a lot less scary for me.
0: Absolutely. And I think she says something in there about that, about this is not a self-help book, quick fix book. It's not something that you're ever going to cure or heal. It's complete acceptance and acknowledgement of the gift, the gift that wintering is. But when you go through it each time, it's about learning things that you can do to either spot it coming so that she, she writes, I can't uh, find the line, but something about like laying the bed out ready for yourself so when you can feel them yeah. starting to turn that you have developed tools and developed things that you know will help and you basically make a softer landing for yourself each time but to still go through the wintering each time.
1: Yeah, and I think it's about acknowledging it. I mean, hence putting a podcast episode out. Mm. I think the more we talk about this, I found this recently, I put something, just a kind of not even really thinking about post on Instagram the other day that I thought was quite positive for the quite negative place that I was in. Mm. And I had so many really lovely messages from friends saying, are you okay? Do you need to chat? Um, I was like, no, actually I am okay. Like I'm just, I'm just acknowledging this is where I am. But actually from that vulnerability, I've then had some really incredible conversations with other people Mm. who were also struggling. And there's something about when we can acknowledge our vulnerability and being in the hard place, but but being like, but it's also okay, just making it okay, the acceptance,
0: yeah.
1: allows other people to open up about their vulnerability and to be a bit slower and to embrace it. Mm-hmm. And just imagine, imagine if society just accepted that we winter as human beings and it wasn't, and again, we've said this, not undermining clinical depression that people do need help for, but if you just accepted that we will all winter and go through these stages and society was set up in a way that acknowledged and honoured that... Mm-hmm just imagine the different mental health picture that, that the world would have. Absolutely. And I think what's incredible
0: about this book is if it, you know, we can change society at large, but it has to start off with our individual stories because it's that acceptance in ourselves. Otherwise we don't allow it in ourselves and then we cause so many ah. problems. It's so poisonous if we don't allow ourselves to do this because we berate ourselves. You know, it brings all the self-doubt and then the negativity and all that sort of thing, which just is horrendous for ourselves individually. Whereas if we can now start doing the small things that allow ourselves to go through these periods and grow forwards. I mean, how am- amazing a wave would that be to then inherently change the way society is going to work. And especially if we can show our children to not fear yep. it and how
1: to do that too. I'm yeah. Gonna... That's, a bit, that's the bit that was just clicking in my brain. I'm going to read another bit. Sorry. I'm yeah, just no, no, go, go. on my book. <laughs> um, just in that, just acknowledging it as like a human need, um, Doing these deeply unfashionable things, slowing down, letting your spare time expand, getting enough sleep, resting. These are radical acts these days, but they are essential. There's a crossroads, we all know, a moment when you need to shed a skin. If you do, you'd expose all those painful nerve endings and feel so raw that you'll need to take care of yourself for a while. If you don't, that old skin will harden around you. It's one of the most important choices you'll ever make. Just that,
0: I was going to say oh, you've God. underlined all the same bits as me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the whole
1: bookshelf. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that, like, seeing this is essential for growth, mm-hmm. and it's but it's so countercultural, and I just wonder how it how it used to feel when life was slower and not not saying oh things were so much better back then because they weren't there are there are many benefits to society now, mm-hmm. but I think there's so much in that the constant 24 7 being productive being busy artificial lights like just the go 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 Mm -hmm. and actually saying no like it's it's a rebellion it's saying no human beings need this and they need to that shedding of the skin being essential for growth and i just think gosh we get that so wrong and we push through it and we ignore the winters and actually how much growth is that inhibiting
0: I think that's the whole point. I mean, we we often sort of speak to each other about, oh, is it really naive? And we have this maybe romantic vision of bringing back the village and and that sort of thing. And, And almost feel like if we're looking back and trying to remember things that we're sort of negating the positives that a modern society has brought. But actually, isn't it really about sharing these stories, talking about it like this, because we can build something actually Brand new that takes all of that wisdom and knowledge, and actually the way humans are supposed to work biologically and cy- cyclic- cyclically, cyclically, <laughs> um, and marry it to the positives and the, the the things that we have got that are that are privileged or that are amazing in our modern society, and creating actually a, a newer version that holistically brings all of that together without being. Fobbed off with all oh, your naive, and that's not how the real world works, and all that sort of thing. Because we've just forgotten so much, and like you said, the world is just so go go go. We we numb out to survive through it, but that's not how animals work. No. Um, so yeah, it's it's a big a big topic, but I think a lot of that is is learning through lost rituals. She does a whole section about lost rituals and rhythms, and how they help us stay connected to ourselves. There's a quote here I just wanted to read from. Um, <laughs> that rituals and rhythms, if we can start bringing them into our modern lives, that they open up a space in which to host thoughts, this is her writing here, host thoughts that I would otherwise find silly or ridiculous, that voiceless awe at the passing of time, the way everything changes, the way everything stays the same, the way those things are bigger than I am and more than I can hold. More than any other season, winter requires a kind of metronome that ticks away its darkest beats, giving us a melody to follow into spring. The year will move on either way, but by paying attention to it, feeling its beat, and noticing the moments of transition, we can get the measure of it. If we resist the instinct to endure those darkest moments alone, we might even make the opportunity to share the burden and to let a little light in.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Every time! <laughs> um, and I think that's what it really is trying to give us permission for again, is what we always talk about. And I think that's the thing, it's, it's not new concept there's many podcasts many books you know talking about this but this book in particular it's things we've talked about all through the last season but it just articulates them in one place of it's just incredible the book's just incredible you have to read it. <laughs> it
1: yeah i think she just she says it so beautifully but as you say it's also it's just her story mm-hmm. um and it's not saying that you need to have the same story but it's just that she does a really good job of telling her story and pulling out kind of the universal truths mm-hmm. that we could all apply irrelevant of your situation yeah. And that is just really powerful.
0: And she does make a point about how that obviously, like you said earlier on, we all want our children to be happy. We are all striving for happy, and that happiness. She acknowledges it's not about it's not always just about the dark and, and learning through the dark and through the wintering. It's about that that not I don't want to use the word balance, but about that um, acceptance and acknowledgement of both sides. Because she writes that happiness is the greatest skill we'll ever learn. Um, and it, it, about celebrating that happiness is absolutely something that we shouldn't put into a shameful territory because, it, you know, people be like, well, it doesn't make you, you know, deep or connected. You know, happiness is our potential, she writes, but also that if happiness is a skill, then I... sadness is a skill too. Um, and she writes exactly that. But if happiness is a skill, then sadness isn't to, is too. Perhaps through all those years at school or perhaps through other terrors, we're taught to ignore it, to stuff it down and pretend it isn't there. And as adults, we often have to learn to hear the clarity of its call. That is wintering. It's the active acceptance of sadness. It is the practice of allowing ourselves to feel it as a need. It is the courage to stare down the worst parts of our experience and to commit to healing them the best we can. Wintering is a moment of intuition. Our true needs felt keenly as a knife. Um, Which I just love because she also points out that wintering isn't fun,
1: but it's necessary all the same. Yeah, and that, the act of acceptance of sadness. Mm -hmm. That, I mean, that in itself is a lifetime of shifting how we perceive ourselves, how we parent. Just think about how we parent. Mm -hmm. Even when we try, even when we're gentle, conscious parenting, can you honestly say that we actively accept their sadness? Mm. I'm not there. No. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to be, but I'm not. (laughs) But imagine if we could be. my brain is
0: exploding all over (laughs) again (laughs) um is there any more things from because we sort of have gone through the book together and picked out our own parts i've got a lot more to say but i just don't want to jump in with lots of things (laughs) from the back end is there any points um that you still got there
1: I don't think I mean just there's too many there's too many and it's I mean fundamentally just go go. Unreadable. well I've still got
0: some more bits here so she's got um again talking about happiness and she also writes a lot about this toxic positivity and how things come from great intention on social media now at the moment there's this huge thing of you know um quotes being like you can do it keep going you're doing an amazing job and actually those things often can just make us feel even worse um, and that, you you know, it's almost like having a cheerleader on the side that's, that's gone wrong, being like, come on, get through it, don't talk about the hard bits, you can make it, you can make it. Um, and she puts here, this is where we are now, endlessly cheerleading ourselves into positivity whilst erasing the dirty underside of real life. And while we may no longer see depression as a failure, we expect, the world expects us to spin it into something meaningful pretty quickly. <laughs> and I think that's really important to say about how she explains wintering, It is it isn't something that looks good it isn't something to put on a pedestal being like oh look I go through winters and I'm a great person now it's really about actually it's really brutal and absolute killing and I think each time you think you're not going to make it out um even if it's a you know a softer one than a a more brutal one but and that's what we were saying before we started this call is yes I think both of us are starting to come on the upswing of our winters this time but when you're in it it really doesn't feel like you're going to make it out the other side um, no and I think having that sort of toxic positive side of come on cope you can do it everything's gonna get better and you just think that makes you feel like you're doing something extra wrong
1: <laughs> by it sitting in and it. I think but that is <clears> our <throat> common response isn't it is we see a friend that's sad and we're like oh what can we do to cheer you up rather than being like yeah let's just sit in the like the utter crapness mm. when it's the, when it's that point where you just can't see The other side and the upswing and you know it's coming, Mm -hmm. especially when you've, when you've, when you've, when this has been your life for a while and you've been learning this and acknowledging this, you know, you know the upswing is going to come. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the, the letting other people sit with it is maybe even harder than letting yourself sit with it, I'm just realising.
0: <laughs> well, I think it's also a great lesson to learn. You really helped me a little, you know, a week or two ago, and I was really like, I can't do this anymore, and it's really hard, and there's something wrong, and I just have to burn everything to the ground, and you just really reminded me. Um, because you do other times, you do be like, come on, you're going to be great, and it's all going to be okay, and like, we're going to work out. But uh, you said something, and I can't remember exactly, but about just sitting in it and being in it and just to surrender to it and I think a lot of people need that permission because you really feel like if you let go you're going to absolutely drown and you will die but there and this is where she comes to at the end of the book is that when you do come out the other side and come up because you you must you know everything does have a turn the wheel turns and the cycle changes is that strength that resilience you've developed through that hard time um it's real power and you can't get that if you don't go through the wintering and if you numb out and you turn, you know, lots of people turn to drink and drugs and every, everything else to, to numb out. But if you don't go through it, even though it's absolutely brutal and really hard, you don't develop your own sense of power through it. Yeah. And, and and you can't teach that. You can't tell somebody else that. You have to walk with somebody through their own, you let them experience it through their own journey. Um, yeah. And she's written this bit right at the back of a book. I'm just going to read another little bit. I'm beginning to think that unhappiness is one of the simple things in life, a pure basic emotion to be respected if not savoured. I would dream of—I suge- would never dream of suggesting that we should wallow in misery or shrink from doing everything we can to alleviate it, but I do think it's instructive. After all, unhappiness has a function and it tells us that something is going wrong. A great deal of life will always suck. There'll be moments when we're riding high and moments when we can't bear to get out of bed. Both are normal. Both, in fact, require a little perspective. Sometimes the best response to our howls of anguish is the honest one. We need friends who wince along with our pain, who tolerate our gloom and who allow us to be weak for a while when we're finding our feet again. We need people who acknowledge that we can't always hang on in there, that sometimes everything breaks. Short of that, we need to perform those functions for ourselves, to give ourselves a break when we need it and to be kind, to find our own grit in our own time. Yeah. <laughs> but all the way through, and there's so much to go into, but she really draws on, she talks about animals, she talks about ants and bees and how they survive, she talks about nature in itself, she talks about winter as a season in itself, becoming a mother, losing her voice in the journey of bringing that back, um, lots of stuff to do with her children and school and how ultimately, even now, writing the book, she's not healed, will never be healed, but continuously spiralling up and down. Um, you know, kind of wintering on repeat. But it's really amazing how she keeps bringing... She goes really into the psyche and into it internally, but then keeps bringing us back to how it is our connection to the world and our connection to other animals um, and things like that, and how we can take so many lessons. And right at the end, she writes, At its base, this is not a book about beauty, but about reality. It's about noticing what's going on and living it. That's what the natural world does. It carries on surviving. Sometimes it flourishes, lays on fat, garlands itself in leaves, makes abundant honey and sometimes it pairs back to the very basics of existence in order to keep living. It doesn't do this once, resentfully, assuming that one day it will get things right and everything will smooth out. It winters in cycles again and again, forever and ever. For plants and animals, winter is part of the job, and the same is true for humans. So, yeah. (laughs) It's, yeah, it's the, we may have to do a second one because I still (laughs) Lots of I was going to say the stuff
1: about losing her voice, the depth of that, but as you're saying, it's incredible because it is the depths of the psyche and archetypes and all the, all the heavy stuff, but also mm. it's super grounded. Mm. Yeah, it really is. And she yeah. talks about
0: meeting people who live with animals and studies animals and how, very similar to Glennon Doyle's message in her Untamed book about how humanity's sort of lost its raw edge and it's been bred out of us and what that means you know how how winter as a season itself is a is a crossing point between mundane and magical and it's you know all those hidden moments and how it's full of fleeting invitations to see the magic in the ordinary there's so much about it in there Um, and I think the last thing I'd written down that I wanted to say was that the truth of wintering is that you'll find wisdom in every single winter, and once it's over, she writes that it's our responsibility to pass it on, and in return, it's our responsibility to listen to those who've wintered before us, and that that it's an exchange of gift <laughs> for everything that we've learned to tell the story and pass that on for those going through wintering as kind of signposts, but also to keep our ears open to those that have gone before and listen just learn to listen even more listen and speak our truth it's always the same message <laughs>
1: it's the same message just articulate it so beautifully
0: <laughs> yeah articulated in a different way with a different story that just brings it home over and over again it's incredible it is go read the book go read the book absolutely and we'll be back next time we have a little uh exciting giveaway uh that will pop up on social media to go alongside we this do. podcast Um, so if you head over there on social media, it will all be there, ready to see.
1: We will, and we will be back soon.
0: See you soon.